cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up, Winning Cures Everything, podcast number 203-203, Monday, March 19th edition of the show. It is actually happening. Penny Hardaway will be the new University of Memphis men's basketball coach. He is uh, doing a, a press conference tomorrow. The university is at the, uh, the Laurie Walton Family Basketball Center at the University of Memphis Park Avenue campus. Basically, uh, the new Memphis basketball facility that was unveiled earlier this year. Uh, we're going to talk several things today. We're not going to make this one a long one. Uh, we will have a, a show every day this week. We're going to try a few different things. We're still trying to get the hang of this. We're a year and a half in, but we you know, we, we like to try new things. It's experimental. We want to see what happens. We're doing more with Facebook and Periscope, and because of that, we, we want to try like things out. Hour and a half long videos probably are not the most ideal way to get content <laughs> out there. So we'll exactly. try to give you a bunch of 10, so we'll we'll go with videos. we'll go with one topic per show. Make it easy. Bingo. That way it's it's easy for us to get through to it and whatnot. I'm going to go ahead and share this thing out. Um, but yeah, so it's a, give me your thoughts. Did did you? You just broke your mic. <laughs> I just broke my microphone. Uh, get, while I'm fixing that and yeah. everything else, tell me what what do you think? Like, well, what, what do you feel about this? Oh, we've talked about it for a while. I want to know who the new coaches are that are coming out that, that he might be hiring. But if he brings in Larry Brown, if he brings in uh, – I forgot the name the, – the interim guy that was at Ole Miss. Tony Madlock. That's it, Madlock. If he brings those guys in, man, I, I think I'm all in. I'm all in on this. Well, I am all in anyway. Let me, let me tell you this. And this thing is all jacked up now. I think, I'm, I think we should be all right. We should be good now. Just don't so, touch it. Don't touch it. I'll be I'll be fine. I'll bring it back over here. <laughs> I swear I broke everything. Um, first time I ever met Penny Hardaway was when I was 10 years old. And that was 1993. That was when he was at the University of Memphis. And he worked out at a gym at Shelby Drive in Riverdale. Same one that my mom worked out at. And my mom had taken myself and my little brother to the gym. They had like a nursery thing, right? Took us over there and with the hope that we might run into Penny Hardaway. And we ran into Penny Hardaway. There you go. So uh, the like his manager or one of the members of his entourage or whatever at the time. And yes, they still had that back in 1993. Um, this guy said, well, yeah, Penny's right over here. Like, I'll go get him for your kids. Oh, they'll love that. That's great. Now, you have to know this about me. I like to talk. I have always liked to talk. I talked for my little brother for the first, like, six, seven years of his life. He Anybody ask, hey, what's your name? And I, His name is Kyle. He likes this and that. He likes baseball, and he does that. He, he never got to say a word. He'd just smile at you. I was always the talker. I'm telling you, Penny Hardaway comes over. Mom's like, hey, you know, Penny, will you come over and, and meet my kids and all this? So she, and mom walks into the nursery thing, whatever it was, the daycare center. And she goes, Gary, Kyle, come here right quick. I want you to meet somebody. So we're like, okay, like, that's cool. I've got my Memphis shirt on. I am like, I'm decked out. I've got basketball cards. I got a poster I want him to sign, all this kind of stuff. This dude shows up and he, hey, I'm Penny. It's nice to meet you. I look up, and I, my jaw drops. I didn't say a word, and Kyle goes, 
hi. That's it. We didn't say anything. He shook our hands. He was like, it's really good to meet you guys. Like, I will remember this until the day I die. But I, every, I've met him twice since then. Could not be a more stand-up guy. He is as nice as they come. He's, he's got charisma. It's just a really quiet charisma. It's not the Calipari thing, which is way different from what you would expect from like a, a college basketball coach that's like a salesman, right? So you're, you're going to need Penny to sell some stuff. But I think that he's got what it takes to be able to do this. I don't think he's going to surround himself with people that are going to help him too. I agree. I agree. So the biggest thing is the willingness to bring in that level of assistant coaching is what that says to me is, is this is not an ego thing. Oh, it is completely different from what Josh Passner used to do. Yeah. Completely different. And I love the idea. So let, let's go through, first off, what it means for the University of Memphis. This is, we've talked about this on the show multiple times. This is the excitement builder. It changes the vibe of the program immediately. There was nothing good coming out of the Tubby Smith era. Like, it, there, there was nothing to be excited about. Recruiting was never going to get better because that's not what they do. Like, if you look at the, the teams that have made it so far in the NCAA tournament, recruiting doesn't necessarily matter to have a successful team. It is about chemistry and everything else, right? Uh, and David's already chimed in on Facebook. Coach Cal can go screw himself. He's a cheater. I got no bad things to say about John Calipari. No. No I'm, bad things whatsoever. I like Cal. So he's, he, he's making me a lot of money right now. <laughs> I'm not even worried about that part. Well, but either way. I like it. Um, no, look, the what it means for the University of Memphis is, is excitement is up. And one of the things that the university is doing right now, the athletic department, they started this morning. Anybody that used to be a season ticket holder in the past five years that has dropped off. They called the ones that are, which it's only, you know, 1,500, 2,000 that are actual season ticket holders right now. There ain't a bunch of them. But they called all of them first. And then they called everybody else that used to be a season ticket holder. And they said, here's what's going on. Before we announce this, we want to let you know first that we're, we're making the hire. The press conference is at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. We want you to know what's up. And we want to give you the first opportunity to get back in. And it has worked so far. People are buying tickets at the yin-yang. That is an incredible job by that department because they needed this. Like, you can't just sit back and hope that people call you. You need to be on the phone with everybody. So that helps out a ton. That's helping out. You're going to have the building full again. You're going to have everybody fired up. And what they're doing, I thought they were going to have this at FedEx Forum. They had Tubby's thing at FedEx Forum. It's open to the public, etc. I thought initially, like, this is a dumb idea. Like, why the hell are they doing this? Like, you want, you're, you would have 5,000 people down there. But doing this at the Laurie Walton Family Basketball Center, the brand new, the White House, basically, over on Park Avenue and, and Getwell, you're going to have ESPN there. You're going to have CBS there. You're going to have all these big national media brands, and they're all going to be filming around the practice facility. 
this new $20, 30000000 million practice facility, genius. Because you're going to have thousands of people waiting outside. It's going to look like a damn rock concert out here. I think it's great. You think they? Do you think there's any problem with them doing this here? Even though it's no, limited seating on the inside, it is still open to the public. They will have the doors open. People will be piled in outside. It's going to look great. I don't know. I, I don't know that the venue matters. I mean, yeah, if recruits are watching yes. and they get to see those type of facilities, that you know that could mean something maybe to somebody. But if you're considering Memphis anyway, like you're going to come see those things. In yeah, person. you're going to see it anyway. But it, but you to get your national brand out there to show people, hey, because it's people that may not have have made a visit initially, where you're thinking, ah, it's just Memphis, they're an AAC school, etc. It's it is all about recruiting, and this lets kids that aren't from down here look at what we've got and say, boy, they really put in the money. The investment was worth it. I love the idea. Like, I, I think it was a genius idea by that athletic department to we'll do this. We'll just see what it looks like on camera. Yeah. I mean, what are they actually going to be filming is the most important thing. Oh, well, absolutely. Because if they turn the camera on and it's them sitting at a bench or standing up at a podium and you don't see any of the rest matter. of this stuff, it will not matter. Agreed. Agreed. But I, I think they will make a point to show all this national media, hey, while you're here, why don't you come through and check out some of this other stuff? Yeah. And I think that makes a humongous impression. Oh, no, it will. You're right. Because so, you know there will be a ton of national riders that will swing through into Memphis on their way to Atlanta for one of the regionals, swing through to any of the other regionals, right? That's the biggest thing is you got to get that thing out there. Let's talk about the possible assistant coaches. First off, we've talked about Larry Brown before. You love that idea. I love it. Tell me why. Well, I mean, I just think he's one of the top five basketball coaches of our life. And that's not college. That's not pro. That's all time. I mean, that's both sports. Do you think that they will actually be able to get Larry Brown? Or do you think that the university will allow it, first off? Well, okay. I think that the university needs to stay out of the way and let Penny do whatever he wants. If you are committing to Penny, then you got to go all in on this. And Well, if, but, if, I mean, you you got to look at the NCAA stuff and no whatnot, which it, I he think it doesn't really matter. Causes. He doesn't have show causes saying he can't do it. Just because somebody has been caught in the past doing something doesn't mean you can assume they're going to do it in the future. And, and I mean, there's a, there is a part of me that feels like part of the spectacle is not if but when. If Memphis can do this and make this thing unbelievable and win a championship and three years later the NCAA comes in and burns it to the ground, I, I, like it's all still a part of the show. It's what happened with Cal, and Passner was able to live off of it for five more yeah. years, uh, even without really being able to coach. So, you know, I, I think I think Larry Brown is one of the top-tier basketball coaches of our lifetime. I think you're probably right. So I'm, I'm in on Larry Brown if they can get that done. I think there's nobody better to actually coach talent. I don't know talent. that Penny's – people would have floated that name out there if they couldn't because then now you've got an immediate letdown if it doesn't happen agreed agreed so if if it doesn't happen then i think that's a huge mistake on penny's people now we did talk about next name up paul hewitt yes former georgia tech coach he can recruit on a national level and he's a former head coach that's going to be necessary along with larry brown which look smu what they did they brought in Larry Brown, and they also brought in 
a coach in waiting right behind him, Tim Jankovich, who was at Illinois State at the time. Yep. You bring him in to actually run the day-to-day operations, to actually run the program where all Larry Brown had to do was coach. So you're going to need somebody else that will actually run things, right, that actually knows how to, how to work a program. Paul Hewitt can definitely do that. Uh, we've already talked about Hewitt, though. We're not going to talk forever about him. Tony Madlock, we did talk about him as well. He played with Penny uh, on the 91-92 team. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, he's, all, he's at Ole Miss now. He was the interim coach at Ole Miss. He, uh, but is he staying on with the new regime? At Ole Miss? Yeah. No. I didn't think so. so. No. He, he will, and I don't think it would have mattered. I th- he has always wanted to come back and work at Memphis. And this is the perfect spot to do it. So he has got a, a footprint. Remember, he was with Tony Barbie at Auburn. Yep. So that's, that's somebody that he's been in the business for 20 years. He knows what he's doing. Let's talk about the next three names. These are all ones that have been brought up. Dan Wolken and... Uh, different media members in Memphis and whatnot. All of, and and there's more that you know the names haven't come out yet. But these are the ones that we have heard of. Mike Miller. What do you like about Mike Miller? What are you hesitant about Mike Miller with? I I don't know anything. Oh, by the way, former Grizzlies player. For anybody that doesn't know, former Grizzlies player, former Cavs you know player. Cavs player, Heat player. Uh, he's got NBA championship rings. Yep. He played at the University of Florida. So his last yeah. couple of years with the Cavs, all he did was coach. Yes. He came off. He was there strategically because at every time out, Mike came out, and while the rest of the team went to the huddle, LeBron went to Mike. And they had a conversation about what Mike was seeing and what Mike wasn't, and he was strategically there to look for specific things that the coaching staff had him watching and LeBron trusted him. Yeah. That was the only reason he was there. He played zero minutes of some of those Cavs uh, teams for the last couple of years. Um, He was just strictly there. So that guy has coaching in his blood. It's something he's always wanted to do. I had a feeling he was going to get into coaching. I kind of thought that he was going to kind of do the NBA thing because you can go sit on a bench in the NBA, learn a ton, work under some really good basketball guys. You don't have to deal with the college stuff. The fact that he was a Florida player, an SEC guy, oh yeah, big-time Florida guy, and he spent so much of his life here in Memphis already, I think that's going to be good because I, I think Mike's going to learn to well, recruit. he still lives here. I don't think it's so much recruiting with Mike Miller. I think well, he's he, got to learn to. That's what, when well, I say he'll, learn he'll to, have to learn to for sure. He'll uh, learn to David recruit. chimes in on Facebook. He said, I love Mike Miller. Great player. Nice guy. Got his autograph. He yeah. is one of the most likable. And yeah. that's the biggest thing about him. He is insanely likable with all of the super important people in Memphis. He's got his own uh, energy drink brand. He's got like all these different things. And he has already gone through the promotion and marketing and the uh, – the schmoozing and whatnot, the glad handing, all that kind of stuff, all the the handshakes and everything. He's already done that. Penny's never had to do that. Nope. You will need to do that in this job. And Penny doesn't necessarily have to do it himself. No. Mike Miller can be that guy. He can be the liaison between the big boosters, the important Memphis people. I don't want to discredit Mike and say that this is what his role is going to be. I think Mike wants to coach. Oh, I think you have wa- more than just that. I watched what he did on this Cavs team as a, as a player, and, and I think he has coaching in his blood. I agree 100%. The two names that Dan Wolken brought up, 
Tony Barbie at Kentucky. Now, here's the deal. Is that just throwing a name out there to throw a name out I don't out think there? so. I don't, I don't think so. Right, remember, he was at Memphis before. He has a relationship was, with Penny Hardaway anyway. Uh, but from, but everybody from everything, at Memphis back in those Cal days did. Right, right. But here's the thing. I, I don't believe that Barbie is ever going to leave Kentucky unless it's for a head coaching job. The deal here is, like, if Cal was pushing him out, then absolutely. But all indications are that he is not pushing him out. The only thing that would make throw a red flag up is... Does He'd Barbie, almost be like a plant for does, Calipari. Well, no, that, that, that doesn't worry me at all. Cal, Cal's not worried about losing recruits to Memphis. I assure you of that. I assure you he is worried about losing James Wiseman. Okay. That's fine. Any of those kids from the East team, yeah, you know that he's got a chance of losing those kids. Oh yeah, but but he's he's on the big picture. Cal's Cal's overall Cal's nationally, Cal's he ain't worried about it. Globally, he ain't worried about it. if he loses yeah. a couple kids from Memphis. He ain't worried. worried about that. Let me tell you what the red flag is: is do you think Barbie's worried about the FBI stuff? And when this tournament is over, does he think Cal might get swept away in it? That is a very interesting idea, and I had not thought of that. Now, the only thing I could think of is, is if Cal gets swept away, because Barbie and Cal have been connected to the hip, all these assistants are going down before the head coaches. Well, here's the thing. So, so Barbie might be that guy first. So the idea is now, that— I don't know anything about him. I'm not accusing him, but, but we just know something is going to happen with this FBI stuff at some point in agreed. time, or else they wouldn't have brought it up. Orlando Antigua was an assistant coach at Kentucky. Correct. And he left there to take the South Florida coaching job. And, which, by the way, he uh, he brought with him Steve Rockefort, who's the other name that we'll talk about in just a minute. But he took him with him. And when that happened and Barbie got fired from Auburn, Barbie slid right back in. Like, Cal has his, his group. Well, there are people that Cal trusts. Yes. So, when Antigua went to South Florida, he was only there for a little bit. He had great recruiting classes, top 25 recruiting classes at freaking South Florida, but he could never win. Antigua got fired. Cal may be looking for a spot on his staff. If Barbie takes this job, I think it's because Cal pushed him to take it. Maybe. Like it's, hey, there's not going to be a spot for you. I'm going to have to move you to director of basketball ops or something like that. You're not going to be on the road because I think he would – almost rather have Antigua because he knows Antigua can recruit better. So, you know, remember, Barbie be has, has played, like, he played for Cal at UMass. Yes. So, like, they've been connected forever, but Antigua is a recruiting machine. So, you know, I mean, we'll, it's not like Kentucky's having a problem recruiting anyway, although things have kind of died off a little bit in the last couple of years. Um but it's it's yeah they're only going to put like four guys in the NBA this year instead of all five. I know, right? Like it's it, but they're losing guys like to Duke that they weren't before, and that's, it's that's and, totally and know but that's, that's totally different because Duke has never been in the game before until well recently, yeah, to recently, yeah. So I, obviously that all kind of changes things up. Moving on to the next one, Steve Rockefeller. Here's the deal with Steve Rockefeller. He was a former head coach at Lamar. He has been on Cal's staffs. He was at Memphis. Um, he's at Virginia Tech right now with Buzz Williams. And this story popped up a little bit that, that Penny and Steve Rockefeller have been talking. 
And apparently Buzz Williams is tossing some major league money to this guy. He was on Antigua's staff at South Florida. He is a recruiter. And he's also a former head coach. That knocks out two things. He's a national recruiter and a former head coach that can help out with all sorts of experience and whatnot. He ain't great by any means. Like, as far as being a head coach, obviously he wouldn't have gone back to being an assistant. But there is experience there. And that is something you need on the staff. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Larry Brown is being brought in to CEO this thing? Because when you bring all of these guys in that are former head coaches, you can take all the recruiters you want. You need all of them in college basketball especially. But when it comes to the coaching aspect, you've only got so many different ways to draw up plays and to run schemes. Somebody has to be the adult in the room that says, we're going to do it this way. And I don't care what your opinion is. And I don't know that Penny's ever been that kind of guy. I don't know that he has either. But I, I, think, I, I, damn I think that sure would know, be. I damn sure know Larry ain't going to be pushed around by anybody. I, I think, think that would be Larry Brown's role. He'll listen role to everybody, and then they'll do what Larry wants to do. That would be Larry's role on this, on this staff. It's to just be the adult in the room to yeah. say, good ideas, everybody. This is, what we're, this is where we're going. Did you see Penny's reaction when they won when East won the uh, the state championship? No. His third one, he broke down in tears. Well, I think it's because he knew he was that was his last time coaching. Well, that there's team. there's that, but there's also I mean we talked so, about how close he was to that school and that Alex Lomax. Yeah. Right? Now we, I, we talked about all that. Jeff Calkins brought up something I mean, that's interesting. A, that's an emotional thing. That'd be hard for anybody to just say, I took this job for a very special and intimate reason. Yeah. And now I'm leaving it. And this is the last time I'm ever going to coach it. John Beeline at Michigan. He came up through the high school ranks. Mm -hmm. And then he took lower college jobs and worked his way up and finally took the Michigan job. And now he's like the the wizard of March, right? Calkins brought up something interesting on his show this morning. He said, if, if Penny's name was not Penny Hardaway, if he wasn't this NBA superstar whatever, you would look at his resume and call him basically a grassroots grinder. He started coaching a middle school team, moved to AAU, moved to high school, won championships at every level, and now he's getting a job at his alma mater. It's, Im it's impossible to play that game, though, because how good would Memphis East be if he wasn't Penny Hardaway? How many kids would be Agreed. actually going there if he wasn't Penny Hardaway? How many kids would have moved to this area to play on his AAU team that happened to live in the district or the area to go to that school? It's while I appreciate what he's trying to do. Yeah, you cannot separate the two. You just can't because yeah. you're already famous and you're already the superstar before you get into that role. You can never separate the fact of say, well, if he didn't have that and he did all these things, that would be awesome. How many of those kids moved to Memphis to play on his AAU team? Uh, you're right. I mean, it's, now, it's take, several. Take every one of those kids off those rosters and tell me how many championships they win. Probably not that many. So that's that's the hard part. You, you, it, we have this weird chicken and an egg thing where you're never going to get an answer. Yeah. And, but I don't know that you need one. I, I think, don't think we do. I think this. The most important thing that's going to come up in this whole situation from a guy who's been an administrator most of my adult life, okay, we talked about how money – it's tight at Memphis. Yes. All these guys are not cheap. 
all these guys are big name guys with experience, and oh, they're yeah. already at. Most of them have jobs that are paying them well. Oh yeah, I mean you're gonna have to pay these. At, you're gonna have to pay the staff really well. At, at some point in time, money is going to dictate how many of these guys we get. And who well, we there's get. you can only get three. Like you, you'll have to hire somebody right. else for director uh, director of basketball ops. So let's so let's all right. I'm glad you said that. Out of these six that we've got, Larry pick, Brown, Paul you, Hewitt, Tony you, Madlock, you pick three. Mike Miller, Tony Barbie, Steve Rockford. This is what I would want. Um, if you're at, uh, we're looking at a budget or just who we want. No, no, you get you get to pick any of these three, and money's not an option. I would take Larry you get, Brown. You get penny in these three. Larry Brown, Tony Madlock, Steve Rockford. That would be who I would want. See, I would switch one guy. I take I, I take Larry. I want Mike. I want a guy. Well, Mike over who? Over Matlock. Really? And here's the reason why is Larry. I I have the best coach in basketball. Aside from Popovich, there's no living coach that's a better coach of basketball than Larry Brown, in my opinion. There's just not. Okay. Now you got a point. So I don't need somebody else to be a great X's and O's guy. I want Miller because Miller can help us bring money. Well, here's the thing. I look at Mike Miller because I think that Miller can come in in a director of basketball ops position and learn under Larry Brown. Miller will take almost no money because he wants to learn how to coach. That's why I'm bringing him up for an administrative position. No, I want him to be on the sidelines with Larry Brown on a clipboard because that's what he wants to do one day. Okay. And if Penny does this in three or four years and wins a championship and says, hey, I fixed Memphis, now I'm going to go play golf again because this is not my passion and my love. Then Mike Miller then, would be the obvious Then you can move a guy thing. in there. Or Miller could take an NBA job. Hey, guess what? We got one of those teams in our city, and we suck at coaching. So, like, but at some point in time, he, I want a guy that wants to be groomed and I think already has the basketball mind but knows I want to be groomed and the whole city loves him. Well, that's and then that's and then Penny. I want and then I want, like, but that, that you see what I'm saying, right? Like, I, don't you, think I want more we, experience you, on me, the staff. Me and you look totally different at this. You're right. It sucks having him and Penny on the same staff. I don't see Penny wanting to do this job for a decade. Yeah, I, you, think, I mean, you might be right. I think, but in a lot of but this I don't is, believe that Larry Brown's going to be around forever either. But and once I think, you teach somebody something, you don't have to be. Have you seen Star Wars at all? But I'm saying Once that the Jedi I think, Master teaches his Padawan, <laughs> he dies. I think that Larry Brown will retire within about three years. That's If he hadn't taught him in three years, he can't teach him. I know, but that's what I'm saying is you're going to have an opening on the staff. I don't think Mike Miller has to be a coach right this second. Why would you? Why would you not? What is he going to learn sitting in a suit up in the up in a box? I want him learning on the bench. Yeah, I mean, you may be right. He can't but learn he can, from up there in the game. He can learn in practice no, no, and everything he else. He can't learn in the game. I want Mike Miller next to Larry Brown at every meeting. Because and, and a lot of this is because I think Mike Miller wants to be a coach, and I think when Mike Miller gets a job that he loves, he'll stay there until they fire him. But I do not have the – I have the feeling that Penny wants to come in and save the program. But I don't know that Penny loves this. Because if he did, he would have fought to got it last time. And he yeah, did. you may be right. And so I think we weren't in trouble last time the way we're in trouble now. That's, you got that's a good my point. only logic and reasoning. In bringing in a guy like Madlock, I, I, I think he can coach. I think that guy can coach great. How long is he going to want to be here before he gets a mid-major head coaching job? So, so now we're just holding the guy's spot where we got a guy like Miller that'll stay until 
he feels like he's learned enough to, to do what he needs to do. Huh. You have a, a different perspective on this than I do, and you might be right. I'm not a college basketball guy. I love the tournament. I make that very clear. I feel like I know this tournament stuff well. Would you be just as happy if we got Paul Hewitt, Tony Madlock, and Mike Miller? You give me almost any of these three guys. That's a that's a I, that's no, an unbelievable staff. No, I want Larry Brown. But but you're talking to somebody that believes. Well, no, I'm saying like if if they can't get Larry Brown done, if they can't get Brown done, are you cool with Hewitt? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're talking about a guy that's got head coaching experience yeah. and a really good coach. I'd, I'd go with that. I'd be co- I mean, you know, you take what you get. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, this is our first one to do that was a little short. Yeah, about 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, you guys know what to do. Check out the website and whatnot. Uh, we will see you guys again tomorrow. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys.